They say that eyes are the window to the soul. So surely if you were looking for a dating partner, an eye-gazing party would be a good idea. Right? Right. Well, we'll see what happens just after this. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Fred Greenhalgh, your host to Undertow, Realm's podcast that takes you under the surface and to the weird and the wicked, and the co-creator of the series we're experiencing, The Dark Tome. While Cassie has gone off to enjoy the senior prom, that has left Mr. Gussie to go explore The Dark Tome by himself, which leads to a journey he's thoroughly unprepared for as he meets Jaina in Blind Love. Blind Love is penned by father-daughter duo Joe R. Lansdale and Casey Lansdale. Joe R. Lansdale is, of course, the American writer, mojo storyteller with dozens of books, short story collections, comics, and television writing to his name. His daughter, Casey, is a writer in her own right, as well as a country music singer-songwriter. And as you'll find out, she's a fantastic voice performer and narrates as the voice of Jaina. Shall we learn what happens if we stare too long into the windows of another soul? Let's go experience Blind Love. Oh, oh, Cassie! Hi. Don't don't you have some place to be? Uh, I I've sort of been there already. Huh, you've been messing around with the dark tome on your own again, haven't you? <laughs> you think? What do you got in your hand there? What? Oh, I, I uh, here. It, it looks like a an invitation. Open it if you'd like. I can't really guarantee it'll make any sense to you, or that you'll come back. Sounds like every story we've read so far. Yeah, maybe. Cassie? Yeah? You look good. Uh, huh? I don't mean anything funny by it, just, uh, you have a little twinkle to the eye. You going somewhere? Maybe. What time is it? Uh, ten past seven. Why? Well, there's a little dance tonight. I might still be able to get there if I hurry. Oh, well then, enjoy yourself. You know where to find me. Yes, I most certainly do. See you, Mr. Gussie. See you later. Well then, I guess I got the place to myself. <sighs> per usual, I guess. Just you and me, Dark Tome. Oh, and of course... This, uh, invitation. Huh. Blind Love by Casey Lansdale and Joe R. Lansdale. That doesn't sound like an address. That sounds like a, 
a story? Well, <laughs> well, look at you, you devilish book. They're all glowing. What the hell did Cassie do to you, anyway? You're, well, you're all charged up. That mean you got enough juice to transport an old codger like me somewhere? Let me try this again. <clears throat> Blind love. Blind love? What does that mean exactly? I can almost see through... Yes, old junk cars, a chain-link fence. Uh, there's, a, there's a first line. I can almost make it out. It... I don't believe in love at first sight. <laughs> well, me neither. Lust at first sight, maybe. But love, not so much. It's a crock, that's what it is. Oh, well, hello there. You're uh, quite a pretty lady to be hanging around a junkyard. Ah, uh, yeah, about that. I'm worried something might have happened to my friend Aaron, and I'm scoping this place out. You want to come in with me? Uh, maybe. This your car? A Subaru? Yeah, I didn't come out here to make out or anything, so get that straight out of your head. Uh, hey, I didn't say, uh... That's how we got into all this trouble to start. Back to the lust thing, love thing, right? Somehow, I let my friend Aaron convince me to go to an eye-gazing party with her. An eye-gazing party? It's kind of a modern-day hippie's answer to speed dating. What you do is you go into a room with all these other sad, dateless men and women. A timer's set, and you sit down at a table and gaze into each other's eyes for two minutes without speaking. When you've done that with everyone in the room, you're supposed to choose the person you felt a burning eye connection with, go sit with them for a second round, and this time you can talk, having hopefully made a soulful bond by previous connection. Oh, I see why you were skeptical. I figured the first two minutes might only involve observing distracting mucus in a bulbous red sty. Not Erin. She was all in, high as a kite about the whole thing. It reminded me of the phase she went through when she was into massage therapy applied through psychic power. Uh, wait, a psychic massage? The masseur or masseuse waves their hands over your body and channels some kind of energy from beyond the veil or pulls it up from Mother Earth or some such thing and sticks it in your back through the enchanted power of healing hands. You're not touched. I'd injured my back once during a sex act with a gymnast. Uh, you what? He proved agile but had all the personality of a pommel horse. It was a one-time experience in which I was assured certain positions would bring me unique pleasure, but instead they brought me a bad back and three sleepless nights due to embarrassment and pain. Aaron assured me her psychic masseur could pull out the ache, if not the embarrassment. What he pulled out of me was $45 and an hour of my life. I went home with all the pain I came in with. Bottom line, Aaron, she's the kind who reads her horoscope for real believes there are special numbers in her life and thinks that constipation is the sign of energy clog instead of pizza, tacos, and an abundance of cheese. <laughs> we even did nude skydiving once. Well, there was the parachute. It was supposed to free our inner selves. She swore to me. We ended up with several seconds of fear, skinned knees, scraped asses, and coming down not in the field where we'd planned to, but in a grocery store parking lot in the middle of a busy Saturday afternoon. An episode that led to newspaper prominence, a fine, and overnight jail time. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a friend. You know what they say. Best friends are the ones laughing with you in the jail cell. But yeah, that was the problem. She is my best friend, and I felt obligated to support her in her quest for the perfect mate this time via an eye-gazing party. So there we were, coming off a light, me driving. I think it sounds romantic. With a room full of people doing the same thing? I don't find that romantic so much as creepy. Which celebrity started this trend? I'm just trying to find happiness, Jaina. I don't think you're all that unhappy. You just think you're supposed to have a man to make you happy. What's that old saying? A woman needs a man like a fish needs a motorcycle? Bicycle. Well, if a fish doesn't need a bicycle, I'm gonna bet it doesn't need a motorcycle either. Thing is, you'll find someone, and if you don't, well, we can play cards at your house all day when we're old. You've gotta stop obsessing about having a relationship. I mean, you got all the tools. You're smart and pretty, have a good job and all your teeth. So eventually, someone who has all their parts working and isn't too scary to look at is gonna end up with you. Gee, thanks. Hey, I'm in the same boat here. 
My last date spent the whole night talking about his Lego collection. <laughs> Let me say this without meaning to hurt your feelings, Aaron. You're too desperate, and guys can smell desperation the way animals smell fear. Either they feed on it until there's nothing left of you, or it makes them nervous and they run. You may have a point, yet I feel like I'm running out of options. Jordan, girl I work with, she went to one of these events once. Met a guy there she's been with ever since. They've even started to dress alike. Obviously, your idea of what's adorable in a relationship is quite different from mine. If we turn around now, chicken out, and I end up with a house full of cats and a passion for macrame, you will be to blame. I am willing to carry that burden. Well, it's too late, because we're here. Where the hell's the turn? I can't see over all these hedgerows. There. Look at those cars. Makes this jalopy look like a hay wagon. Just be cool, okay? Uh-huh. Oh, do I look okay? All right. Okay, let's go. Uh, oh, look at that. Those cute little heart signs pointing to the house. This is either the place or an elaborate scam to kill us and sell us for body parts. You are always so negative. Experience has been a harsh teacher. Welcome. You must be here for the gazing. Actually, we're Mormons. Have you heard... Tina? I mean, yes. Of course we are. Your receipt? Yes. Uh, uh, here. She looked over our receipts. I was pretty sure that was $200 I'd have been better off wiping my butt with. Very good. Come in. Oh, look at this place. These pictures. Is this India? Yes, in West Bengal. That's where Swami studied. Very pretty. And all these little gold figurines. Love pays well, huh? Excuse me? I'm sorry, where are we going? Down here. Go in. The Swami awaits. Watch that step down, though. It's a booger. I busted my butt there twice today. Oh, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> really, Jaina, I can't believe that... <gasps> oh... Whoa. Well, only a hair larger than Grand Central Station. Oh, it looks like the men are on that side of the room. Oh, and women here. Thank God no one I know is here. You're that embarrassed? Yes. Though, come to think of it, if I had any friends here, they should be embarrassed too. Come on. I think we're supposed to wait over there. With the other women. Right. On the far side of the room was another beaded curtain, and out of it came a man who looked like a badly drawn cartoon character. Mid-60s, short and thin, white socks with orange stripes and sandals, a ponytail of gray, frizzy hair. He carried a staff as if he might have to do a bit of mountain climbing in search of his goat herd a little later on. <laughs> is he really wearing a cape? I, I believe he is. At least he didn't come in behind a puff of smoke. The guy moved to the center of the room and lifted his staff like Moses about to strike rock and bring forth water. I am Swami Saul, and tonight you will bathe in the sweet essence of each other's souls. <sighs> oh, shit. Shh. The eyes are the windows to the soul. Humans have known this for centuries. Sometimes we forget the obvious. We don't always allow them to do the speaking. We look away. We look down. We don't even make eye contact when we talk. How many men in here really look at women when you speak with them? I mean their eyes, not their bodies. <laughs> I'm not denying that can also be a treat for the eyes. But think about it, men. How many of you fail to actually concentrate on the eyes and the soul of the women? I'm guilty of that. Uh, no need to comment. It was a rhetorical question. Today's society is too fast-paced, too reliant upon instant gratification. I promise you, after tonight, you will have truly touched each other's souls 
and though I cannot make an absolute promise, you will match one another with your internal essence. You are more likely to do so here than through traditional dating, and therefore have a real opportunity to meet your proper soulmate. Is that what you would like? Is that why you're here? That question is not rhetorical. Oh. Aaron, later. When we're out of here, remind me to beat you to death with my purse. Shh, Gina, be quiet. Oh my God, you're into it. Here is how it works. You are not allowed to speak. You sit across from your partner and you first gaze into the left eye. Then move slowly to the right. This is not a staring contest, so do what feels natural. <laughs> you must do this as I say, not as you want to do it, if you hope to have the results you desire. It is a far better method than just choosing your mate by appearance. He says, Shush! Your left eye is your receiver, and your right the activator. You do this for a full two minutes. We will tell you when time is up. Then you move to the next table and the next person into whose eyes you will gaze. So on and so on until finished with all the tables. When that is done, you will make a note of the number of the person with whom you felt the greatest sensation, and you will then have the opportunity to return to them for conversation. If that works, well, the rest will be up to Mother Nature. But remember, the eyes, the windows to the soul, that is where Mother Nature best reveals herself. That makes sense. Mother Nature is also responsible for what goes on in the bathroom, and I think this operation has a similar smell about it. You are always such an old stick in the mud. Okay, now all please take your seat and make sure your partner can see your number. I sat down in a chair across from a guy who had had garlic for his last meal and seemed proud of it. The problem was not only the strong aroma, it was the fact my eyes were hazing over with garlic fumes. He was nice looking enough, and I tried to smile and be nice and look him in the eyes without blinking, which made me feel a little bit like a lizard. This was about when Swami Saul came by and touched me on the shoulder. Blondie, relax, breathe. Let the experience unfold. You are not trying to melt him with your heat vision. Oh, yes, I am. You act as if you're facing the sun head on. Oh, oh sir, uh, let me offer you a mint. Uh, I can smell your lunch from here. The man was mortified, but I was glad when he took the mint Swami Saul offered him. By now, my time was over, and I moved on to let the next in line deal with his garlic and breath mint aroma. By the time I was trying to look into my fourth partner's soul, only to find that I was not sinking down into his essence, but was instead bouncing off his retinas, I was starting to slip looks at my watch. I'd been there about 15 hard minutes, only an hour and 45 minutes to go. Yes, that's it. Feel it. Ah, uh, hey, Swami? Yes? Yeah, I don't think I'm doing this right. Can you give me some pointers? Believe. Let faith carry you. That's it? Okay. Here's a tip. You're making crazy eyes at everyone. Relax. Think only of his eyes. Only of his eyes. The left, then the right. Each one has its own soul-felt story. Thanks. That's so, so helpful. <laughs> Good. I tried to do as Swami instructed, focus on one eye, not both, and blink on occasion so as to not appear psychotic. The guy in front of me, mousy in both attitude and appearance, made a jerky head bob and I couldn't tell if he was seizing, having a chill, or giving me some kind of signal. Turned out he was nodding off a bit, and it was all I could do to not break out laughing. Oh, very good, yes, that's it. Feel the gaze, feel the soul. 
Swami kept offering gentle reassurance, like the kind of narrator you have in crime programs who describes some horrible murder with the same calmness as you'd describe good weather. So Erin, right? She was totally into it. She was chatting up a guy who was good enough looking, but had done nothing for me in the soul department. I realized that's shallow, but hey, we were at an eye-gazing party, which is the definition of shallow, as well as stupid. So it did nothing for you, huh? Not really. Maybe there was a moment or two, but mostly it was a headache due to eye strain thanks to my astigmatism. Astigmatism? Like blurry vision? Uh Uh-huh, that's right. In hindsight, it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea in foresight, too. It felt like enduring the first ice age, but we finally made it around the table. Attention! Attention! If everyone would break gaze and return to your place along the wall. And this time, please use the chairs. No need to stand. Be comfortable. Now, under your chair, you will find a basket containing papers and pens. Please use these materials to write the number of the person with whom you felt most connected. It is not uncommon to have uh, several choices. Place the number given to you at the top of your notations. We will then tally the numbers, make arrangements for another sitting, this time with timed communications with the person of your choice. I pulled the basket out from under my chair, trying to think if anyone had really made my eyes twitch, made my heart beat faster. And for the life of me, I was having a hard time remembering which man went with which number. Maybe Garlic Man? He wasn't so bad. And the breath mints helped. There was that guy in a blue button-down who had a nice air. Unless, of course, you count the cologne that smelled like horse balls. I came up with a few numbers to write on my paper. Just not to be the odd woman out. Folded the page, tossed it in the basket. I was surprised to find that everyone else seemed to have finished well ahead of me and were perched in their chairs like seals expecting fish for balancing balls on their noses. Even Aaron was staring straight ahead with the same intensity. Swami's greeter came with him, collected the baskets, and arranged the numbers in separate piles. As they looked through them, it was clear something was up. What do you make of this? This has never happened before. It can't be right. I don't understand it. There's something wrong. Aaron, you think anyone chose me? Aaron, psst. Hey, Aaron. Earth to Aaron. (laughs) Interesting. I don't believe we've ever had it happen quite this way. We have a wide variety on the part of the men, but except for one woman... All of the women here have chosen the same man. This is a first. What do you mean? We all chose the same man. What what happens now? As all but one woman will know, as she did not choose him, that number is Lucky 13. 13? Who the hell was 13? What kind of stud muffin was... Oh, you've got to be kidding me. What is wrong with you? Jealous? You want him just like everyone else. I do? Of course you do. I didn't pick him. Oh, bull, you came here with me and now you want him and you don't want to see me happy with him. Say what? Aaron, hey. Just leave me alone. So what was the big deal with number 13? That's the strange part. He was a boring looking guy of indeterminate age. He could have been 35 or 55. Pudgy with his few straggly hairs arranged as if by a weed eater. The suit he was wearing was thin and too large for him. It was cuffed unevenly at the sleeves and was either blue or gray. The color seemed undecided. He was wearing a stained white shirt with a tie with palm trees on it. After a few moments of staring at him, I was pretty sure I liked the looks of the tie better than him. And believe me, it was a split hair decision. Not to pass judgment or anything, but he doesn't exactly sound like a winner. Let's just say if he was a lottery ticket, I wouldn't be taking home the Powerball. So, uh, how'd the other guys take it? They were pretty bummed. What else would you expect? They looked like they'd all been told they'd be electrocuted for the good of humankind. I didn't blame them. I don't want to be tacky. I mean, I know that it's not about looks once you get down to it, but come on. 
This was the beginning, when it's supposed to be superficial and shallow is all you have to work with. And as egotistical as it may sound, Aaron and I are something to look at, right? That did not escape my notice. I'm not the kind of girl who at a chance meeting is going to give a damn about personality. Then again, I'm also the kind of girl whose last boyfriend, as handsome and clever as he was, turned out to be married and to have two other girlfriends on the side and a website he managed called The Happy Goat. The Happy Goat. Oh, okay. Uh, That was the end of the night? Unfortunately, not. I think the women have chosen, gentlemen. Sorry. Only one lady here has picked a variety of numbers, and she now has the opportunity to visit with some of you. Pass. What? I'm that woman, and I'm going to pass. If anyone picked me, sorry. I'm passing. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, it was rude, but I really didn't want to spend a lot of time hanging out with people I didn't really want to hang out with and had only written their numbers down so as not to be such an outsider. What I wanted to do was to follow all the other women over to number 13 and decide if I had really missed something. And did you? Uh, no. By the time I got over there, he was already thronged with a teeming mass of giggling women. And believe me, he looked better at a distance. I went over to Swami Saul. So, one man, huh? And that man? All the women here, except me, are attracted to him. Really? Really? What kind of racket is this? Racket? What are you talking? Do they look displeased? Our women have never looked happier. I don't get it. Me either. And you and I and Mildred here are the only ones that don't. You two didn't look into his eyes. I did. There's nothing there. I don't get it. By now, my head was pounding and my eyes were watering. My astigmatism had been given a serious workout, eyeballing all those men and I felt I needed a new set of contacts. Maybe with contacts, number 13 would look a lot more attractive. Maybe all them women have brain tumors. I wouldn't take that balding grubber to a dog fight if he was the defending champion. Now, now, remember you're enlightened now, Mildred. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. So what's the answer? I don't know. You don't think it was rigged? Swami and Mildred seemed as confused as I was. That said, Mildred struck me as having come into the world confused and having gone through the years without noticeable improvement. By this point, the men had all filed out and Swami and Mildred started packing up the chairs and baskets. The women were still all fawning around number 13. With some effort, I managed to pry Erin loose. She came, but only after she'd gotten a slip of paper with number 13's address on it, something every other woman had gotten as well. Let me guess. The address was for here. Uh, yeah. I'll get to that. Erin and I didn't speak much on the way home. It was obvious she hadn't forgiven me for not agreeing with her pick. Look, I don't see it, but I could be wrong. Could be. Well, you don't know if something works until it works, do you? Oh, it'll work. He told me so. He told you that, did he? Oh, yes. With his eyes... He told me with his eyes. That's why I'm here. I haven't seen her since. Your ghost, the ghost you left behind. Hi there. If you're a fan of Undertow, I know you love immersive entertainment. And let's be real, as much as we all love podcasts, nothing is quite the same as going out to see a movie in the theater. The experience of being with friends, getting your popcorn, and the sheer impact of the visual and sound experience exactly as the filmmakers intended. If you crave that experience, then Regal Unlimited just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. See any 2D movie anytime with no blackout dates or restrictions. And when you want to watch a movie in a premium format like 4DX, IMAX, RPX, or ScreenX, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at reduced cost. And you'll save not just on tickets, you save on snacks with 10% off all non-alcoholic concession items. 
So if you're planning to see just two movies this month, you need to join Regal Unlimited. Sign up now in the Regal app or on rigmovies.com. That's R-E-G movies.com slash unlimited. Rigmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code UNDERTOW24 and earn 10% off a three-month subscription. Regal Unlimited, the all-you-can-watch movie subscription, pays yourself in just two visits. Sign up now, code UNDERTOW24. Do you ever wonder who's looking over your shoulder when you're exploring the web? Do you want to keep tracking cookies, curious websites, and your internet service provider from sniffing out too much about your browsing activity? What about gaining the ability to virtually travel to different parts of the world and reshape your internet experience? Well, enter NordVPN. NordVPN protects your internet privacy and lets you go borderless. You can experience sporting events and entertainment that aren't available in your region. When you're on the go, NordVPN protects your data while accessing public Wi-Fi, and in tandem with the Nord Threat Protection Service, protects you from malicious downloads, viruses, and phishing sites. Best of all, this protection is laser fast, so avoid buffering and lagging while streaming or gaming, and stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling. If you've never used a VPN before, you may be surprised how much your internet experience is shaped by what country of origin you're believed to be from. I've actually had quite a bit of fun using NordVPN as a learning tool with my kids. We change around our virtual location, go to different countries, revisit familiar websites from a new country of origin, and see how things are different. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, your NordVPN account can be used on up to six devices. So why wait? Get the best discount off your NordVPN plan by going to nordvpn.com undertow. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com undertow. What happened? I tossed and turned all night. Felt like I was sleeping on a bed of tacks. I couldn't get it out of my head. What was wrong with me that I didn't see what the other women all saw in that guy? But I knew, right? The uh, astigmatism. Yeah. I started wondering, what if this guy had some kind of special power? What if he was some kind of special predator? And what if an eye-gazing party was the perfect place for a monster like him? It didn't add up. It sure didn't. Next morning, I went to Aaron's work a nice little coffee shop that makes a mean Americano and has books for sale, if you don't mind buying books with chocolate biscotti thumbprints all over them. Um, some of which may have been mine. Hi, can I help you? Um, actually, I was looking for Erin. Is she here? Uh, yeah, you know, she, I haven't seen her. Uh, we were looking for Aaron? her, we tried to call her. She better show up, and she better have a good excuse and a better lie than Bigfoot. Oh, all right, well, thanks. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's when I started calling Aaron. Hi, it's Aaron and Mr. Wiggles. Please leave a message. I went over to her place. No one answered the door. I knew where she kept the spare key since when she's out of town, I come over to feed the cats and snack on her Diet Cokes and vanilla cookies. I let myself in and the place was as empty as a politician's head. Now I was really worried. Her laptop was on the kitchen table, still on, and I took a look. A Google Maps screen was up with directions to a place called Mike Tutino's Junkyard. I thought, well, that's gotta be the place. The address she got from number 13, she's gone over to check him out. Maybe she'd gone over there and gotten lucky. If you could call betting down with that loser lucky, I'd rather have a root canal performed by a drunk chimpanzee. Something wasn't adding up. I googled the junkyard some more. It was out of service. Had been for a lot of years. The place had been shut down for environmental issues, waste oil going into the stream or something. This story was on a local TV station's website, and that's when I saw the breaking news. A woman was missing. Actually, a bunch of women were missing. You recognize them? Yeah. They were all girls who'd been at the eye-gazing party. That's when I printed out the directions from Aaron's laptop and went down to my car. I was going to check out the junkyard. Just for a look. Which brings us to the present moment. You catch up quick, Gramps. Yeah. Here we are, way out in the boonies at a junkyard that's long gone bust where a bunch of women are already missing. And that's basically the situation. And you decided to wait until after dark? 
Well, they were running Friends reruns. I binged a bit, okay? Don't ask what happened to the cookie dough ice cream. You coming? Yeah, I'll be right along. I don't quite know how the rules of this thing work, but I don't think you can help me, can you? You're just what, along for the ride? So when I get raped and killed, you can call the police for me? Is that it? Not sure I can even do that. It did occur to me to call the cops, but then I thought, hmm, all I have to go on here is that we were all at the same party last night, and it was an eye-gazing party. It was hard to imagine they would take me seriously. Let me try Aaron one more time. Ha it's Aaron! And... Yeah, didn't think so. Let's do it. Either I find Aaron, or maybe I get myself some jail time with a tattooed friend named Molly Sue who likes it twice on Sundays. Over here. Looks like there's a break in the fence. Oh. Ah. Ah. Looks like they should offer haunted hay rides, doesn't it? None of the cars here were driving in my lifetime, I don't think. Nope. Grass grown up through all this row of cars as tall as my knees. Ah. Hmm, dry as a tinderbox, too. No dogs with teeth like razor blades, that's good. No alarms, no lights, no rifle shots. I'd say we're doing good so far. It's like a maze in here. Really? A very good entrance to the Love Palace. Hold a sec, I'm gonna climb up on this car. Let me give you a hand there. <clears throat> ah. uh, let's see. More busted cars... Sketchy-looking truck, sketchy-looking garage, place where they probably dumped the bodies, and there, a house. There's even a light on. Well then, let's take a look. And look. What? Oh, oh, it's a Nissan Altima. Aaron's car. Oh, crap. Well, it's real. She's here. There are a bunch of cars. I'm pretty sure a lot of them were at the party. They were the ones that were so nice, remember? Oh, geez. Okay. Now, where the hell did the light go? I swear I saw one on. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Just a possum. Oh, God. A possum. Can I look in through a window here? Maybe she and number 13 will be on the couch watching Netflix or something. Windows are boarded up. So the boarded up windows are either a gigantic burning red flag or a tasteful way to hide the orgy of epic proportions that's going on in there right now. Yeah. Oh yeah? That's the best you got for me? Okay. Um, weapon. Weapon. Uh, what do I got for... Hey, it's not like I carry a handgun or anything. Maybe I should. Nail file? Maybe. Maybe I got a rubber band. Any chance you could MacGyver something for me? Help a lady out? No, I didn't think so. Well, screw it. I'm gonna try the door. Okay. Well, that was easy. Too easy. Look at this place. Wow, a lot more normal than I expected, though... All this dust needs a woman's touch, doesn't it? I suppose. Well, some woman who isn't me. Me, you get a pile of dirty laundry in the corner and enough drain hair to create a rope doll. You have a rather colorful sense of words. Oh, I'm a romance writer. Didn't I tell you? I know. Quite the irony. I write under a pen name, of course. Someday I'll quit the bodice ripping and write the great American novel. Hey. What? You hear something? I heard you. Shush. That stupid possum again. I'm not sure whether to be creeped out or relieved. I'm pretty sure we're alone in here, right? But if that's true, where the hell is Aaron? Where are all the other girls? Screw it. You know what? We have plenty of information to bring to the police. Let them come sniff around this place. <gasps> what the hell was that? The front door. Hey, Jana! What? Behind you! Oh, wow. Oh, Jaina spins around to see what looks like an ottoman standing with a sound like crackling walnuts and a dislocation of sparkling dust that drifts across the room. The figure is a water clothes and flesh, backlit by the shards of moonlight that shine through the boarded up windows. Though I hadn't seen him before, I'm sure this is the number 13 that Jaina told me about. 
Sneeze goes off like a starter pistol. And there's number 13 shuffling through the dust, coming right at her. She spins around, about to take off like a sprinter, before the floorboards squeal with an unearthly pitter-patter, and then 13 as a... If you want to be honest about it, I'm pretty embarrassed about that scream. The kind of scream a five-year-old girl would be proud of. I yank back and wheel about on my heels, and then I'm staring at him. The blank, flat, and uninteresting eyes of number 13. But no, something's in there. Something moves. I actually hear a crackling as if a fuse had shorted. And for a moment, it seems as if his eyes slip together and become one. I blink, and then I'm looking at the same guy bald and doughy with ugly gray eyes. Have you seen Aaron? Did you just ask him? I did. Where's Aaron? He doesn't respond. He just leans forward, giving me the hairy eyeball. And then I get it. He's waiting on me to swoon. He can't figure out why his evil eye isn't working, why the hoodoo doesn't do whatever it's supposed to do. And that's when I bring the nail file out of my pocket and slash him across the face. (laughs) Then I run. He pursues her on all fours, fast and light as a wind-blown leaf. He's a kind of wiggly thing, all kinds of weird angles. He chases her into a hallway where there's a better view of the moon thanks to a good-sized hole in the roof. Here, she grabs a pitcher and whirls. She gets him good right on the head. And he stumbles back, but then he's on her again, making a noise like a cat with its tail caught in a door. Get off me, you dirty piece of fat! And I get a good look of number 13 in the mirror. He's a little more than a skeleton topped by a bulbous head scented by one big eye. But then I blink, and he's different again. Back to being a stumpy, balding man in an ill-fitting suit. His mouth wide open and arms outstretched, trying to take Jaina down. By now, adrenaline's running through me like a pack of cheetahs. I grab a small table and swing it like a nightstick. Ah! Woo! It's a good shot. The table shatters into splinters as it cracks his head. The head moves farther to the right than I think a head could move. He does a little backward flop, drops to the floor, and lays there shaking his head like he's collecting his brain cells one by one. She fights the front door. It's sealed as tight as a ship gunnel. Stairs. Gotta, gotta find, gotta find a place to hide. Place to hide. Here. You thought the closet was the best idea? What the hell are you doing here? I seem to come along wherever you are. You must have been quite the hide-and-seek player growing up. Oh, shut up. It was the best I could come up with under difficult circumstances. When was the last time you were chased by... whatever that was? An alien from Planet Zippy. Um, where's my phone? I want to see where I've hidden myself. A pile of shoes. Oh, look at those heels. I'll need to take those with me. And, uh, clothes. Um, oh, oh, God. What is it, Jenna? Ladies' clothes. Clothes from the ladies at the eye-gazing party. Inside. What? Looks like deflated sex dolls. What? Look. Oh, it's Aaron. That's Aaron? It is. Oh, jeez. Look, it's her. It's my friend. She's not inside anymore. It's like a condom without its master in action. Oh, I'm gonna be sick. I think he's coming. Oh, God. God, Aaron. I'm going to have to hide here behind the deflated women. You hear that? I think he walked past the closet. Thank God. 
canteen comes out. Best I can say it, both the doughboy nondescript man and the bony cyclops-like monster. That's when Gina makes her move. She grabs a stiletto heel off the floor of the closet and stabs it right into its central gooey eye. And it's a good shot. It's as if his forehead was made of liquid. The heel of the shoe plunges into his skull and goes deep. Springs back, squirming across the hallway, shape-shifting. First an ottoman, cheap junk from Goodwill. Then a pile of clothes, then the doughy man. Then, finally, the skeleton creature, his true form. I push against the wall, trying to slip along it toward the stairs, taking advantage of his blindness. He staggers upright on his bony legs, weakly clawing at the shoe in what's left of his eye, jerks it loose, and begins waving his arms about, slamming into the wall, feeling for me. He stumbles into the open closet, knocks the clothing rack down, scattering the clothes and deflated bodies across the hallway. When I get to the edge of the stairs, I turn to look back. He lifts his blind head and sniffs the air, then shoots towards me. Quick as a matador, she sidesteps him, and he goes careening past her, scratching the air, before coming down hard on the steps, tumbling down the stairs with a sound like someone breaking a handful of chopsticks over their knee. When he hits the bottom, he shatters. Then the pieces writhe and wither and turn into piles of blackened soot. Well, shit. First step's a doozy. All that sparkly dust that it collected in the house whirls up into an impossible wind and starts up the stairs. Quite clearly, in the dim light, I can see the faces and shapes of women in that dust. Look, it's Aaron. It's going into the closet. The black soot piles that had been 13 don't move. No matter that the wind goes right over them with its dusty passengers. Oh, hell. Look. It's filling them back up again. or some kind and all your essence was sucked out and turned to sparkly dust for no reason I can figure and you were a skin hanging in a closet inside your clothes and I rescued you by killing the monster with a shoot of the eye causing the dust to crawl down your throat and fill you back up again. Wait, what? I think this is going to take some time. Uh, but I prefer we talk about it somewhere else. Yo, Pops! You can find your way out of here, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll just make sure all these ladies find their way home. Ain't that right, ladies? You drank my Diet Coke. We'll get some more on the way home. And a handle of Captain Morgan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... I guess I couldn't be so lucky. I'm back at the shop. Hope all those women make it home okay. Uh, assuming they are real. Which leads me to wondering, how much of this dark tome actually is real? How much? Oh, uh, don't go thinking that way. It'll drive you crazy, old Gus. Oh, hey, Cassie. You back so soon? Uh, Cassie? I, I, I had to get out of there. I, I, I had to get away from him. Him? Him who? Mark, he's mom's... Uh, I, I, I don't know what he is. I, I just needed to be away from him. Well, come on. Ta take a seat, Cassie. You're safe here. I, I'm going to crash in the basement like I used to, okay? Uh, you used to when? When you were in the hospital and a few other times you weren't around, when I needed somewhere to go. Oh, sure. I mean, sure. That's fine. You want me to hang around? No, no, bit? no. I'd, I'd rather be on my own. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to turn in then. My apartment's upstairs. You need anything? I'll let you know. Thanks. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, see you tomorrow, I, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think so. 
Okay, well, Jaina was not wrong to have her suspicions about the eye-gazing party. I hope her search for love works out a little better on the next turn. We'll also find out exactly why Cassie's so upset and what chapter of the Dark Tome waits for her next when we return again to the Undertow. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Blind Love was written by Joe R. Lansdale and Casey Lansdale. Adapted for audio by Fred Greenholge. Produced by Fred Greenholge and William DeFries. Featuring Lily Thorne as Cassie, Tim Sample as Mr. Gussie, and Casey Lansdale as Jaina. Additional voices by Marie Stewart Harmon, Casey Turner, David LeGraff, Claudia Hughes, William DeFries, Christine Marshall, Philip Hobby, Burke Brimmer, Carrie Ann Loomis, and Nicholas Schroeder. Dialogue editing by Fred Greenholge. Sound design by William DeFries. The Dark Tomes theme, February, is by Peter Van Riet. Additional music by Mind's Eye Productions. The Dark Tome was created by Fred Greenholge and William DeFries and is a Dagaz media production presented by Realm. Undertow is a production of Realm, hosted by Fred Greenholge, produced by Mary Azadolihi and Haley Wagreich, associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Fred Greenholge, Molly Barton, and Marcy Wiseman. Undertow's theme, Dark Rumbling, is by Hubert Campbell. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Undertow by following Realm at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Realm is your portal to another world. Listen away.